0: It's time for Curious City, where WBEZ finds answers to questions you have about Chicago, the region, and its people. This time, we take our place in a long line of people who are thirsty for some tasty water and wonder. But before that, we dial up some history about a time when Chicagoans used numbers and letters to phone friends or anyone else. And by the way, a map wouldn't hurt either. Coming up, the surprising 411 on local phone dialing.
1: Curious City on WBEZ is supported by Dover, a diversified global manufacturer committed to delivering product innovation and customer service in the energy, engineered systems, fluids, and refrigeration and food equipment markets. More at dovercorporation.com. And by Chicago Loop Alliance, creating, managing, and promoting varied urban experiences that are designed to drive people and investment to the loop. Chicago Loop information and event spotlights at loopchicago.com. Dot com. Who's the... What is going to be when? We're... Where do I? Why is it... How many? What is the what?
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Logan Jaffe, multimedia producer with Curious City. These days, dialing a phone using numbers is becoming a thing of the past. On a cell phone, you can look up a contact by name and just press dial. Or if your phone's smart enough, the phone dials for you. Call dad. Hey, Logan. See, the numbers are working in the background, just discreetly. Whoa. So we barely associate phone numbers with people anymore, let alone geography. Logan, are you there? Hey, I'll call you back. But our next question comes from Jeffrey Osman, a guy who remembers when it definitely helped to know where your mom or your friend or your business was located. And you got reacquainted with the Chicago area each time you made a local call. Warning, our answer involves some serious phone tag.
1: Thanks for calling Curious City, your place to ask a question about Chicago, the region, or the people who live here. Here comes a beep.
2: Um, Hi, Curious City. My name is Jeff Osman, and I live in Bucktown. What I'd like to know is, what is the history behind the old telephone exchanges? Why do they have names instead of just numbers like Humboldt 65127 or Wabash 23200? If you can give me a call back with some info on that, I'd appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Hello, Jeffrey Osmond here. I can't take your call right now. Please leave me a message. Thank you.
3: Hey, Jeff, it's Chris Bentley from Curious City. Found an answer to your question about exchanges. Well, Jeff, a telephone exchange is where operators worked. It's where they directed calls by physically plugging cords into switchboards with electric jacks that corresponded to individual telephone numbers. You probably have a picture of this in your head already. There's someone sitting in a chair in front of a big board full of electric jacks arranged in rows and columns.
2: Hello? Number, please.
3: They unplug the jack cord from one of the jacks, move over to another, plug it back in, and then, voila, that call is connected.
2: Coming through all right? Yes, you're okay.
3: So the telephone exchanges was where this all took place. At first, you actually had to give the name of the person you were calling and their address so that the operator could help find that jack.
1: Shall I you?
3: Chicago's first telephone exchanges opened in 1878. The first switchboards were in the telephone company's central office downtown, and shortly after in two branches at Halsted Street and Canal Street. They built a lot more later. Okay, hope that helps. Call back if you have any more questions.
2: Hi there, Chris. Jeff Osman again. Um, I didn't realize that you had to give an actual address when you called people in those early days. Sorry, I guess I have a follow-up question. What about all those names I remember? Like my best friend Rich was Humboldt 65127. He lived in Humboldt Park. We used to ride the Rock Island, and South Street Station's number was Wabash 23200. And there was this commercial for for Bushell Carpet Cleaning. cleaning. its best, call Bushell now at Hudson 32700. Hudson 32700. How did the exchanges get those names? If you can call me back, that would be great. I appreciate all your help.
3: Bye. It's me, Chris Bentley, again from Curious City. Well, Jeff, people are more inclined to remember words than a string of numbers. This is why you have letters above the numbers on your keypad or on your rotary phone back in the day. They took those numbers and they looked at what letters corresponded, and then they made words with them. You were talking two or three letters at first, but then they'd create whole words so it was easier to remember. So for example, the number two has A, B, C, three's got D, E, F, eight has T, U, V, and if you dial eight, that can be a T, it can be a U, it can be a V. It's really always an eight, but to you, you think of it as one or the other. So the names came often, but not always, from the name of the exchange that was closest to that number. So say your closest exchange is the Calumet Exchange in Chicago. Number, please. You'd say, give me Calumet 555. Thank you. And then... One moment, please. That call would get directed probably from one of the central offices to the Calumet Exchange, where they'd put it into 555, and... Hello? There you go. You'd have the number you were trying to reach. So some Chicago telephone exchanges that might sound familiar based on the neighborhoods of the city or streets things like Uptown, Van Buren, Albany. All right, that's it for now. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, Chris, this is
2: cool. This is really helpful. But do you have some other examples of these telephone number names? If you can call me back, that would be great. I appreciate all your help. Bye.
3: There was a list of nationally recommended exchange names that would work in any city that were kind of generic. And one of the big ones was Butterfield 8, So that's for BU 8, Butterfield 8, which became the name of a famous movie for which Elizabeth Taylor won her first Oscar.
2: Oh, face it, Mama. I was the (gasps) slap.
3: These exchange names found their way into pop culture from Hollywood hits to songs. They were especially catchy in jingles.
1: When you're thinking Lincoln Lincoln better carpeting, what is called National Two thousand, National Two
3: Alright, does that answer your question? Call back if not.
2: Uh sorry, Chris, one more question. Who would you call in an emergency? How did that work before nine one one? Alright, thanks, cheers. Bye.
3: If you wanted to dial the police, no problem. Just call p o five one three one three that would be p o four police. And if your house was on fire, you could reach the fire department, just dial f i seven one three one three. We found those numbers in an old phone book sent to us by the website Forgotten Chicago. Thanks, Jeff. See ya.
2: Hey, Chris. great stuff. Um but one last thing. So we don't use the exchange names anymore. What happened to them? All right. Thanks. Cheers. Bye.
3: Well, Jeff, all good things must come to an end. So in 1958, Wichita Falls, Texas, became the first U.S. city to institute what was called true number calling. That's what we know today. Seven numerical digits, no letters, no names.
1: Just numbers.
3: But that took a while, actually, to trickle out Chicago didn't really phase out the system of exchange names until 1977, so almost 20 years later. And exchange names actually showed up in some Chicago phone books into the 1980s. All right, Jeff, I hope you've still got some space on your voicemail. Actually, if you want to learn a little more, I already put your question up on the web, wbez.org slash CuriousCity. Or if you want to call back, which seems appropriate, you can reach us at one 8 seven 77 la translation one 789-7752. All right. Thanks. See you later.
1: The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Goodbye.
0: Well, there's a voicemail exchange I hope reporter Chris Bentley and our question asker Jeffrey Osmond never erase. Anyway, Logan Jaffe again. I'm going to shift gears and answer a question we got from two separate listeners about one particular scene they encounter all the time just driving around town. I'm talking about crowds of people lined up at a small, hand-pumped water well in a Cook County Forest Preserve. This water well is just southeast of O'Hare Airport, and it's become so popular, famous even, that people come from all over the region just to drink from it. And some people even call it Chicago's Fountain of Youth. I think um, Fountains of Youth are a little bit of an urban legend, fable, myth. That's one of our two question askers. My name is Leslie Treese. Here's the other one.
1: My name is Larry Powers. And
0: And I'll let them take it from here. I drive down... You know, I drive by... Irving Park Road. Forest Preserve on Irving Park Road. On a weekly basis. And you always see lines of people... People filling up their water bottles or their jug. In the middle of the Forest Preserve. (laughs) What's the deal? I'm curious to know why. There's got to be some special secret. Obviously a secret that needs to be spilled. So, we meet Leslie and Larry at the Shiller Woods Forest Preserve to see the pump and the lines of people for ourselves. But we also get an official explanation from this guy.
2: My name is Len Dufkus. I'm a maintenance supervisor with the Forest Missouri District
0: of Cook County. He's been watching the Shiller Woods phenomena for years.
2: I've been by here at midnight, and people are out here pumping water at midnight.
0: So, why? It's the age-old question.
2: This comes from an underground aquifer. That's prevalent throughout the whole area here. It's just good groundwater.
0: That's it. The state of Illinois even tested the water to see what's in it. And all they found is the water is low in iron. So in theory, this well water shouldn't be all that special. But in practice, people like how it tastes way different than chlorinated city water. And they give other theories, too.
2: I picked them up with the water for three years ago.
3: The the best.
1: The spring water tastes different from the one When they put the chemicals, the chlorine You can feel the taste, you know It doesn't have chlorine taste I'm picking up this water because For me, that's Medicine or something, but it's good For cooking, for drinking For coffee, for everything
2: I definitely feel that it is better Healthier for you For personal drinking and for making kombucha At home uh, it doesn't have the additives or the chemicals, the fluoride, the chlorine, or the pharmaceuticals that the wonderful city of Chicago contains.
0: Leslie and Larry, our question askers, couldn't leave without a taste for themselves. Here's looking at you. Cheers. Cheers. The verdict? It tasted clean and not minerally at all. But I'm going to say that on a scale of 1 to 10, this water is probably uh, 9. I'm thinking it would really make nice ice cubes, and then I could float the ice cubes in an adult beverage of my choice. I'm coming back. Now, if you want in on this Chicago legend, the water well is on Irving Park Road about a half mile west of Cumberland. But if you'd rather skip the crowds, you can check out the scene in a video we put together. That's at wbez.org slash Curious City. And while you're there, you can leave your own question. Or feel free to call us at 1-8-TURBY-77-LA or (laughs) 888-789-7752. Reporting for both of our stories comes from Chris Bentley. With help from me, Logan Jaffe. <coughs> Curious City is produced by WBEZ and Air with support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
1: Bus, bus, I've been trying hard to reach him all day. Bus, when I get him, I forget what to say. Should I call the operator? Is the number that he gave me my... Curious City is supported by Dover, a diversified global manufacturer that delivers innovative equipment and components, specialty systems, and support services through its four major operating segments, energy, engineered systems, fluids, and refrigeration and food equipment. By combining global scale with operational agility, Dover is a leader in the markets they serve. The Dover team of over 25,000 employees takes an ownership mindset, collaborating with customers to redefine what's possible. Find out more at dovercorporation.com.
0: I want to taste the water. I want to know the water.
1: (laughs) It's a strange and mysterious world we live in. is true, can it be true, that it is ringing, I can't believe it, wait till I say hello! <laughs>